Hi, I'm Paul Tonko, representative of New York's 20th Congressional District, and I do want to thank you for the opportunity to join this year's National Cancer Prevention Workshop. I am honored to be part of the program with such an amazing group of advocates, healthcare experts, and researchers. Sadly, as we know, cancer is one of the leading causes of death in our United States, and it touches many lives in the district that I represent. In 2021, approximately 1.9 million people in the United States will be diagnosed with cancer, and an estimated 600,000 people will pass away from this disease. In Congress, I continue to push for federal support of remarkable efforts that bring hope to millions of patients fighting to be cancer-free. I am supportive of legislation that enhances cancer treatments for our patients, as well as legislation that makes critical treatment more affordable and accessible. Our healthcare system needs to be more patient-centered, especially for those patients dealing with frightening cancer diagnoses. We also owe more than gratitude to the doctors and scientists making new discoveries and helping improve cancer treatments. We owe them our vocal support and our commitment that we will continue to invest in their powerful work. And while these investments in research and treatment are absolutely necessary, I believe much more attention must be paid to how we prevent cancer-causing environmental exposures in the first place. In Congress, I have the privilege of serving as the chair of the Subcommittee on Environment and Climate Change. This subcommittee has jurisdiction over many of our nation's most important environmental laws, including the Safe Drinking Water Act, Clean Air Act, and Superfund. The reason I love the Environmental Protection Agency is because at its core, it is a public health agency. It is responsible for protecting the air we breathe and the water we drink and keeping harmful chemicals out of the products we rely upon. And we know that when the EPA fails to act, there are often dire consequences. Unsafe levels of pollution are serious public health threats and often result in negative health outcomes for people living near industrial facilities or relying upon unsafe water sources. In recent years, I have been particularly concerned about PFAS contaminations, which have been found across the country, from Hoosick Falls in Rensselaer County, New York, which I help represent in Congress, to military installations in Alaska. PFAS has become a common environmental health threat. We know the health effects of PFAS exposure can be severe. Cancer, thyroid problems, birth defects, and immune system disruptions, among others. And sadly, there are so many communities and individuals across our country who are suffering these health consequences. These chemicals are so dangerous that unsafe levels are measured in parts per trillion, the equivalent of a few drops of water in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Despite knowing these dangers of these forever chemicals, the federal government has been slow to act. That is why members of the House of Representatives said enough is enough and took matters into their own hands. In each of the last two years, we passed the PFAS Action Act, which still awaits action in the Senate. This legislation would require significant steps toward ensuring that our federal government is responding comprehensively and reducing the risks of PFAS exposure through our air, water, and consumer products. 
It includes actions under numerous environmental statutes, including designating the two most well-studied PFAS, PFOA and PFAS, as hazardous substances and setting a deadline for a national drinking water standard that ensures vulnerable groups, including pregnant women, infants, and children are protected. It will also hold polluters accountable to clean up their messes when toxic releases occur and ensure that remediation is done to an acceptable level, even if these polluters are the United States Department of Defense. The bill includes other critical provisions to reduce exposure, empower consumers, and expedite cleanups. And while I believe this legislation is critical to protecting Americans, I have been heartened by some of the most recent steps announced by the Biden administration, which released a PFAS strategic roadmap in October. This roadmap promises real, meaningful, science-based executive action to address toxic PFAS risks. And it commits to taking several of the actions included in the PFAS Action Act. So I am glad that there is some newfound alignment between the executive and legislative branches on our nation's PFAS uh, response. But to get resolution, we need everyone to continue to keep up the pressure. I know many members of Congress will fight to hold the administration accountable to the timelines outlined in its roadmap. And I do hope all the advocates and experts that care about addressing PFAS will do the same. So whether it is the enactment of a PFAS bill by Congress or EPA conducting rulemakings on its own, I hope we can uh, partner together to get the best outcomes possible, strong standards that protect Americans from these cancer-causing chemicals. So I indeed thank you again for allowing me to join the event. I hope we are able to work together on PFAS and other cancer-preventing policies in the future. And with that, my heartfelt thanks for the partnership that we have enjoyed in making certain that we take positive action.